On this episode of Reliterated, we analyze a timeless coming-of-age story of a young man named Duncan Dougal. Duncan's home life is complicated. His body is changing, and he suddenly found himself thinking thoughts he never had before. One of his teachers, a pretty young lady who treats Duncan better than the others in school do, helps him discover his potential and learn more about his place in the universe. Good thing this teacher is an alien, or it will be one huge scandal. It's My Teacher Fried My Brains on Reliterated, the podcast that survived the celebrity death rule of three. Welcome to Reliterated, the lowbrow book club of grown-ass adults reading the children's books popular in the 1990s, but with 2020s hindsight. Fair warning, we use language too mature for kids, analysis too immature for literary scholars, and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. Also, we talk about our books in depth and then include spoilers. So before you listen, if you're not familiar with the story, prepare to be spoiled. Also, this is an episode of a second book in a series, so go and either read that book first or listen to our episode on it first before listening to this one. My name is Andy. My name is Harold. And I'm Josh. And we're back from our holiday break, guys. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm out of the flipping cold. I'm back in California (laughs) where it's less cold, but way more wet. So it gets in the bones. Yeah, it does. (laughs) So it's like I get home and I'm like, I need to turn on my heater to get the chill out of my room. Well, that's why we got the best boners here, though. (laughs) (laughs) You get the best boners in Michigan. Yep. You need big bones to to survive. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's that's why they call us all big boned. Yep. (laughs) It's not because you're all slightly overweight. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. But I wouldn't know how it is outside because I'm not allowed to go outside. Oh, uh, that's yes, true. that's right. Mm. I, have, I have finally captured the Rona. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, it took it took over two years of the of the virus's existence, but it caught up to me and it may or may not happen to you. <laughs> well, and then I'm displaced right now because my brother has covid and I can't afford to to risk it. So, yeah, this is uh, this is all very fun. And you kind of dodged a bullet somehow being over at my place New Year's Eve when I started with the heavy symptoms New Year's Day. Right. Right. You're you're still you're still okay, right? You're oh, still... I'm still fine. I've never gotten <laughs> I didn't get anything. It, but that said, I mean, like, you know, like you're saying, two years, all this time you spent, and I know that you're fully vaxxed and you've got it, but that was never the point of the vaccination. It's the point right. is like the fact that we were both vaccinated in the same room for hours like that probably plays into the fact that I didn't get it from you. You know what I mean? Like oh, you're yeah. less likely to transfer. I'm less likely to catch. So right. did you get the booster? I haven't gotten the booster yet. I'm going to get that soon. As soon as I can find some time away from work. <laughs> yeah. I never got mine and that may have protected me because my vaccination was way back in April. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm fine. I n- I was never really too too out of shape with it. Just mostly congestion and some tiredness here and there. Uh, I lost my sense of smell and taste several days into it. I I thought I was going to escape without losing that, but uh, nope, nope. I can't smell anything right now. Oof. That's got to be the worst part about it. Mm-hmm. And my voice feels a little bit rough. Okay. Well, it sounds beautiful. Aw. 
Yeah, sounds nice. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, let's all just get that out right now. Yeah, let's get it all out. Get it out. That may or may not have been exaggerated. (laughs) That's true. I came back from Michigan, not with the corona, but I I had a... uh, I had a cold, which I received from one of your children. Uh, <laughs> I don't know whose. <laughs> Gee, I wonder, because there was one of them that was just like getting right up in Yeah, one in of them literally coughed in my face. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to say, bro, cover your mouth, dude. And then he was getting better at it. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where I got the cold from, which then turned into a severe sinus infection. So <laughs> I was sick for basically the last half of my trip and the first uh, week that I was back. I didn't even get to go to work until Wednesday uh, because I was my sinus infection was so bad. But, but I did get tested. And it was not the COVID. It was just a severe sinus infection. Well, yay. You know, what's funny is the kid that the kid that I'm pretty sure was the one that coughed in your face literally got after me yesterday um, for not coughing into my elbow. See, that's because I got on him about it and he <laughs> yeah, learned. No, I'm not him. And honestly, honestly, he's so much better at it than I would expect a five-year-old to be. Yeah, but he picks he, up on stuff quick. Yeah, he missed. He misses it sometimes, just like I do. I mean, I the, yesterday I had coughed, and he was like, "Dad, cough in your elbow," and he was showing me how to do it. You know, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> buddy. You're right." Yeah. Hey, we're all humans, but that's good that he he picked up on it. He learned it really quick. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, uh, you know, I'm proud of him for doing that. So probably yeah. helps that everybody was like, dude, do this. Yeah. <laughs> so. And the beginning of 2022 is not without its uh, further uh, misadventures, not misadventures, tragedies. <laughs> tragedies. <laughs> tragedies. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we've, uh, we've lost a few older, older folks. We have. That have lived in high esteem. We lost Sidney Poitier the other day. Oh, man. So my favorite line from Sidney Poitier is from a not great movie called The Jackal, starring uh, Richard Gere and uh, Bruce Willis. And Bruce Willis is a a uh, assassin. And that that movie is made famous from the fact that there is a ice bullet in it that they tested on Mythbusters that would never work. Right. <laughs> uh, also has Jack Black uh, in a short scene getting his arm blown off in a very yep, funny scene. I remember scene. that scene yep. with the uranium tipped bullet. Yep. <clears throat> but the part that I love is Sidney Poitier just plays the fuck out of this small role that he has. And at one point he's like, all right, you can't put her address in the book. This has to be off the books. Otherwise they're going to find her. And so as soon he's like, and then the, the girl that he says, don't put her in the book, she gets killed. And so he goes back to the thing and he's listening to the report and it's like, so we went to this address, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Simmons, you buy the book bastard. And I was like, God damn it. I love you, Sidney Poitier. <laughs> you just played the fuck out of this small little role. And I'm just like, love it. In an inconsequential movie. Because I mean, like literally the things I remember most about that movie are Jack Black getting his arm blowed off. And then like, I, I don't remember that, what you're talking about. But something that sticks out from that movie is a scene where Bruce Willis like, 
gets the advantage on two agents and he kills the one, but he shoots the girl like right in the liver. And they make a whole big deal about how because he shot her in the liver, there's nothing that can be done now. And she's got about seven minutes to live because her body's just dumping toxins into her blood. And I've always I'm like, God damn, like it always made me think differently whenever I saw somebody get gut shot in a movie and just keep moving. I'm like, they're dead, man. That's definitely that same spot is in the jackal. (laughs) Yeah. They got about seven minutes, and I know that that is medically correct uh, because I never looked it up, but I trust Bruce Willis. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's He's got that face you can trust. He's gay. I also remember it being oddly progressive because he goes and picks up a gay guy, and Bruce Willis does as part of his cover, and he goes and, uh, you know, makes- Goes all the way through with, with it? Gives him the business? Yeah, gets with it, and then the guy like comes out and he sees Bruce Willis's face on the move on the TV. Like this guy's wanted, and he's like, "Hey, that's," and then he shoots him. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." Well, he's very much a jackal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that liver thing's got to be right because they accurately portrayed a jackal. Yes. Yeah. Jackal, jackal, jackal. It's a jackal. <laughs> but anyways, we also lost Betty White. On the very last day of 2021. (laughs) That one hurt. mm -hmm. But I will say, I will say this, and I've been saying this, and I I wholeheartedly believe it. Betty White seems to me to be the type of person where a bunch of people were like, you got to make it to 100. And she's like, I do what I want. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It is one last little little rub. She was like, here you go. No, I'm ready to go. (laughs) I'm ready to go. I'm not going when you tell me to go. I do what I want. I'm Betty White. (laughs) I see where all this shit's headed. I'm out. (laughs) They literally had a story come out the day that she died about how she was turning 100. (laughs) And I think it was People Magazine. And so they had to pull the issues because, yeah, she passed away after they did an article about her turning 100. So I actually I saw a tweet that uh, said that, like, if you don't go by the calendar and go by, like, like astronomically revolutions around the sun or whatever, not factoring in like the, the leap days, um, she actually made it to 100 years in one week when she died. Blah, blah, blah. People always want to make it what it is, what they what they want it to be. But it is <laughs> what, it, what is. it is. It is what it is. And until people will start realizing that things are what they are and we just got to work with it and figure out a work around it, we're going to keep having these people that are coming up with a way to make an excuse. She was 99 and we should be proud and happy of her for making it that long and that she was one of those people that was a celebrity because Betty White was stood out from the crowd, I think, as a person that spoke her mind and was very progressive her whole life and... She wanted to see the world be better. Yeah. From what I saw, Betty White. Yeah, I've seen I've seen her on all types of shows, like from the 50s all the way up through, uh, you know, recently. And one of the things that I definitely remember, there was this uh, game show that I used to watch when I lived in Milwaukee. They had this old game show uh, network and she was on there with her then husband. And it was, I don't remember the premise of the show, but... It was something like you had to say a word and then the other person would remember the story from their life. And so he said the word cows and they were like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, just I'm just going to say cows. And the story was that like whenever they see cows driving out when they're driving on the road and they see cows, they would sometimes stop and Betty would go to the side of the road 
and she would, the cows would just come to her. And so they would, she would just talk to the cows and they talk, it seemed like they talked back and do what she was saying. So I just thought that was a fun little anecdote that she would, she would talk to cows of all things. Yep. <laughs> and she did give to a lot of animal causes and things like that. So yeah, definitely a great human being. And I read earlier that she had a, a show in the 50s. Liking animals had, doesn't make you a good human being. Yeah. Oh, well. I'm about to I'm about to tear your shit apart, Andy. But yeah. Go ahead. Uh, this, uh, she had a a uh, African American tap dancer on, and they're like, "Hey, you should not show. You should have him not be on so much." And so she actually uh, doubled the amount of time that he was on television, and then her show got canceled. But she didn't care. She was like, "Nope. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is what's needed." So. Yep. I I honestly think that. Though there are those out there, I think anybody could get that to happen, say, with the cows. As far as I do believe that animals have some ability to be able to tell, like, like this is a non-threat here. And even, like, possibly helpful. And I think that in seeing, like, even when people are out with, like, fucking wild animals that will come right up to a person, like... When you are such a non-threat, they they feel like they're like, okay, I'm good. I mean, these are creatures that are tuned to see threat, you know, maybe not cows, but other animals. And I think that just that whole idea of the cows would come over to see her, they got no reason to want to walk over there. It's a waste of their energy, but they did because they were like, oh, this is going to be nice for a second. Sweet sounds and nuzzles on the nose. Cool. You know what I mean? I... Yeah. Yeah. And I think it does make you a, a better person. You can tell a lot about a person by how they treat their animals. Adolf Hitler absolutely loved his German Shepherd, and his German Shepherd absolutely loved Adolf Hitler. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> see, Andy, you can talk big, but, but I've seen you around animals. <laughs> but see, here's the thing, though. I think that could be said for anything, too, as a general rule. As <laughs> a general rule. <laughs> Not saying bad people can't love animals, too, but it's always nice. It's always nice to be kind to animals. Yes. <laughs> even if you're Hitler. Yep, even if you're Hitler. Steve Irwin also loved animals. Are you saying that Steve Irwin Hitler? and Hitler are the same? Andy? Uh, unequ- unequivocally, yes. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> no. That's something. No. I mean, if you want to put it that way. Well, I'd say that we probably need to fry Andy's brains so he can think on a higher level. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, hey, that reminds me what we're here to do. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about a book, actually the sequel to My Teacher is an Alien, called Whoa. My Teacher Fried My Brains. Published in 1991, written by Bruce Coville, author of nearly 5,000 tweets right. as <laughs> of this date. <laughs> other books that I didn't realize I had read, like uh, Jeremy Thatcher, Dragon Hatcher, which yeah! is now on the list. Yeah, because I forgot that I had also read this book. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a feeling like I was looking through some Bruce Colville stuff. I'm like, man, this guy's going to get some play with us because he's got some songs that I or some books I remember, some songs I remember. Yeah, <laughs> he's also a songwriter. <laughs> he's got a good catalog. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. he's not a piece of shit. So and he's not a piece of shit. He didn't get quite up there in uh, in fame or widespread. Uh, uh, readership as Roald Dahl, but still a solid uh, writer of of kids stories. Hey, maybe we can change that because I would say that, like, even reading it today, he did a pretty good job of making childhood timeless. You know what I mean? Is 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. This book yeah. definitely transported me. First off, it transported me right back into the story. Like, I was like, yep, I know where, exactly where I am. So he did mm-hmm. that very well. Uh, the writing style was this, you know, same type of writing style. And it's it's great for that age group. What, I, what I'm starting to see a lot now is just how the writing is different than uh, for adults. And it's, I was like, okay, this is definitely written for that, but it's still engaging. So it's written almost as a way for you to read it to someone as well. So it mm-hmm. would be really good for that, uh, to do that as well with it. So, yeah, his books seem to be something that would be good for a teacher to read to the class, you know, and you could go young enough where you're like going fourth and fifth graders because it's, this is basically focusing on middle school. So it's kind of a cool, like, Hey, look at this is things that you're looking at in middle school. You know, like they even make the assistant principals a little bit more harsh and like right on everybody. I mean, his name is straight up Mr. Ketchum. You know? Yeah. I mean, like it's, <laughs> Manuel Ketchum, the man catcher. The One man of my catcher. favorite parts about this, and I actually noted it, is that. One of the things that I always get hung up on when I start to write something is naming characters, okay? I'm always, like, I start to write a name, and I'm like, John Smith. Like, I can never, you know, I can never, and then I'm like, wait, that's stupid. And then I get lost trying to name them, and then every name I come up with is dumb. Bruce Coville looks at a name, and he throws caution right out the fucking window. He's like, (laughs) fucking Andromeda Jones, we got Honey Flint, we got Duncan Dougal, we got Mr. (laughs) Ketchum, and he's the man catcher. Mrs. Carpoo! You know, I mean, like, these names are just names you don't ever hear, and he just tosses them in without any regard, and they work. It doesn't matter, they work. You're like, this is cool, you know, I'm, I'm... Susan Simmons. <laughs> sure, but like the some there's obviously some thrown in names like that, but like that would mm-hmm. be along the names I would think of. Like all my names would be Susan Simmons. Duncan right. Doodle. Doodle. Duncan Flip Doodle. through the phone book and find yeah, random yeah. names. Yeah. Find random names. But his names I, I just I thought they were interesting how he threw these names in. Well, why don't we do a Bob's Your Uncle Summary really quick and we can talk about it? Yep, Go let's for talk it. about my teacher fried my brains the summary. All right, so My Teacher Fried My Brains is a direct continuation from My Teacher's an Alien, only this time we're focusing on Duncan Dougal, who eh, arguably didn't do much in the last book except for pass out and collapse and be scared, right? Well, he was the bully. He was the he was a bully. quintessential yeah, he bully. He was just a bully, right. And so this book starts with him, and you're kind of following him. He's not all of a sudden changed into a good kid. He's still bully, and it's still kind of going through his head, but it's also giving you an idea what his home life is like. He's got a an abusive older brother who's always messing with him, and that kind of makes him abused down. It punches, he punches down to feel better about himself. He goes to school, and he realizes that he's missed uh, the first day, so he doesn't know how to get around, and he's kind of playing him off as being kind of dumb. He's not smart enough to handle all this and he doesn't care enough about school um he ends up pulling a fire alarm and getting purple ink on himself uh he's scared of the alien being at the school everybody's still kind of scared about it. no one talks about it he runs away he tries to cover himself up he hides in a dumpster and in the dumpster he finds a glove that is like skin and he uses it to cover this purple ink that got on his hands He ends up running into a reporter from a tabloid that wants to write a story. She does end up writing a story, only he makes it sound like he was the hero. Susan approaches him, tells him, you're crazy. I Like, you're an idiot. Why'd you do this? But he's starting to notice something's going on, but is worried no one's going to believe him. Well, fast forward, they're in class, and one of his teachers has what I thought was a Tesla coil. And 
by the description and he puts his hand on it. A kid turns it on and cranks it and he notices that he feels his brain is fizzling. Well, the next few days, he's really smart all of a sudden. So he decides to start using the machine again, which is a thought he would have never had. Well, when using the machine, he ends up finding a little slug in a Tupperware case that says poot and he goes through and ends up discovering that his teacher Mrs. Carpu is actually the alien and they are she's trying to make his brain better so she can communicate with the aliens because she's going to use him like a radio beacon and he ends up hearing from Peter Thompson and then they all come together all the kids come together at the end with the aliens to try and decide what's going to happen with the human race the aliens are kind of on this thing like, hey, man, we're kind of rooting for you, but you got to prove that the human race is worth saving. And that's basically how Bob's your uncle. That's Teacher Fry My Brains. It's definitely a bridge book. It's a bridge between this one and the next one, for, or the first one and the next one for sure. Yep. Bob's my uncle. <laughs> Bob's your uncle. Turns out I have two Uncle Bobs. Yep. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, wow. I know. Do you? <laughs> you guys have zero Uncle Bobs, and I have two of them. So, so it's, it's like Bob's are your uncle. Definitely. So I have, I have an uncle Roberto in Spain. I mean, I, nice. I think that, <laughs> so that works. Technically, uncle. Yeah, uncle Bob. He, he used Berto. to go by Bobby, but now that he grew up, he's Roberto. Roberto. <laughs> I understand that. I wouldn't want anybody calling me Harry or Hal. I like Harold. Just call me by my name, man. I don't know. I've always been Andy since I was a baby. Not to me, you weren't. You were Andrew for the longest time, and I never knew that you were Andy until it was much later. And you were like, I'm Andy, or people call me Andy, and I'm like, I just yeah, can't get behind it. Yeah, I actually it. go by Andy. <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't get behind it at first. It took me a while to get behind it, because I'm like, I'm, I'm. we went 20 years without talking to each other, and you were Andrew <laughs> when I was talking to you. <laughs> it's impossible for you to have changed in this amount of time. <laughs> I had forgotten that little detail. But yeah, um... I kind of like that the story uh, centers on the character who was the bully in the last one. It fleshes out that the bully character doesn't always have to be a one-dimensional kid who just picks on other kids to be uh, an oppositional person in the story. Right. It uh, gives us his, his home life and the, the reasons that he kind of uh, punches down on other kids. It's because he feels so uh, unsure of himself and frustrated that he's, his mind doesn't quite work like everybody else's. Like he may be a little bit uh, ADHD or whatever. And so like he doesn't do so well in school and it frustrates him and he takes it out on the kids around him. He, he bops them as it, like he likes to call it all like throughout all the book. Yeah, he has anger issues stemming from the fact that he feels... He's abused. Well, that part, that, and society looks down upon him because, you know, his brain doesn't work the way that everybody else's does, so... And I remember back in the day, like, smartness was everything. Good grades were everything. I thought I was superior to so many people because I got good grades, like... They may they may poke fun at me now, but I'm going to be their boss when I grow up because mm -hmm. I've got good grades now. Yeah, yep. The American dream: do study hard, <laughs> don't miss class, and you know. Yeah, but that was the culture we were in in school when we were kids. Yeah, it, was it really good, was. Good grades are everything. It's so funny because I'm somewhere in between the two sides of it. Like I knew that getting good grades or the idea was that getting good grades and doing well in school was supposedly going to be this huge benefit to me one day, right? Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, and, and like not missing school, go to school every day. But at the same time, I was like rebellious in the way he is where he's like, I just don't give a fuck about all this stuff, you know? 
So I went to school every day. That's what people always had a problem with is I went to school every day. My attendance was perfect, but I was failing all my classes because I wouldn't do homework and then getting A's on tests. And they're like, well, you just fucking pick a lane, bro. <laughs> you know, so it's <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, I get it because like I knew I had the smartness going on. So it was like, ha, you know, I felt people would say things. It's like I felt superior, but at the same time, I didn't have the grades to back up what I was what it was so it didn't matter the idiot was getting an a in the class because he did his homework all the time so i'm the dummy you know i mean and it is you know moving forward it is what it is but like it's kind of cool how like with to me with this where he goes from that position of not being smart enough and not understanding anything to like how he starts noticing he's understanding stuff or even when they start talking about how he starts having memories of things that is almost a new sensation for him where he's seeing pictures for memories Mm. And I thought that was interesting because there is a tight, there's, most people think that we all have an inner monologue, right? Well, people that have inner monologues all think people that don't, don't exist and vice versa. And it's only recently where they've released some studies where they're like, not everybody has an inner monologue. Some people only see things in like a picture view, right? Or, or think of it in some other form. Whereas Mm. some of us are talking to ourselves in our head, right? And then there's also people out there that cannot form a picture memory of things they don't see anything in their head they're just like it's all inner monologue and i Hmm. feel like the way this book starts is him doing it's all inner monologue he's constantly in his head thinking right and then all of a sudden when he gets to the point where he can remember something that he doesn't feel like he can remember he's seeing pictures and remembering it so it's almost like it's expanding the ability of his brain as well as just amping it up and making it smarter. And that reminds me of something that Janelle asked me recently. She she asked, okay, when you think of an apple, do you see an apple in your head or do you like have words describing what an apple is? And when I think of an apple, I think of, uh, I get the mental picture of a round red uh, yeah, red shiny object. object. And that is, that was kind of weird to her because like she thinks in words kind of like that with the inner monologue and it's just different ways that people think. And then there's like someone like me, I do both. Like it's almost like a bunch of descriptive words about an apple start floating around, but I also can see an apple, you know? Mm. And so it's like, I just think that there's so, it's a spectrum of how, like everything else it's a spectrum of how consciousness works for people and how their brain has developed to, or may have just functioned from the get go on how to, Mm -hmm. how to navigate the world. And if it's working, why would you change it? Or can you change it? That's the other question. I I doubt Mm. you can. I doubt you can suddenly (laughs) start doing one or the other. Right. Well, in this book you can. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you get the alien zap brain zapper device. I don't did know if they guys, ever name what it is, but did did the description of it come off as a Tesla coil to you guys? A little bit, but didn't it have a helmet and it, like symbol <laughs> like lightning symbols on it that he had to put it on his head? Yes, That's what yes. I, so that in my head, I was like, it was partially like a Tesla coil, but it also looked like a clear, like almost like a football helmet, right? Because well, of the almost, shape. Do you guys have illustrations in your book? I did, did not. What, what did you guys I did read? not. Uh, you probably uh, listened to the audiobook. No, I read the uh, ebook on Overdrive e-book from my library. Okay. Yeah, I had just had a basic ebook. All right, my my book that my paperback book has a few illustrations in it. It's like a big glass dome with a cup with like two or three electrical pylons kind of uh, poking out of it. 
Okay, so that's what um, I pictured in my head was something more like that. I found the description in the book. Um, Ms. Jones put a huge helmet over my head. It was made of clear material with a couple of jagged lightning bolts painted on the front. Lumpy knobs extended from the sides and the top. Once the helmet was in place, it spelled helmet H-E-L-M-U-T. I don't know mm. if that's uh, an accepted uh, other spelling, but it also goes back to E-T later on. <laughs> Helmut. I believe... Versus helmet with a U is uh, German. Mm-hmm. It's not wrong. It's just German. It's not wrong. It's just German. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are not wrong. We are just German. Helmet means, it means protector. <laughs> I was only following or orders. Swing my helmet. My fear is not wrong. He's just German. It's a name. It's actually with U T. It's a name in Helmut? Germany. Oh, okay. Helmut. So probably just a misspelling. It happens. Even yep. the best of, of things like this. <laughs> but yeah, after a few um, operations of the the brain fryer or whatever, uh, Duncan started to notice that he was getting like radio. Like he was, his brain was interpreting the radio waves that are in the air like mm-hmm. all the time. And it goes into a little explanation of how there's always information floating around you and through you and uh in the em spectrum and and how he, his his brain was now able to start picking up the radio uh, he was like hearing madonna when he tilts his head one way and like classical music when he tilts his head the other way whatever and he was also starting to get like tv uh signals in there too when he closed his eyes so i wonder if that's within the realm of possibility of the human brain that would um, be fucking sweet first off but if you could turn it off if you yeah could. if you could turn it off <laughs> Figure but out how to manage it. I will say this. I've always... So there are some cases of people claiming that they're getting radio signals that a lot of them are, you're able to dismiss as like, okay, that person, you know, needed help, right? Mm-hmm. But there are a few out there, as I remember it, and I've not dug super deep into them, but there are a few out there that are really compelling cases for people after having gotten metal fillings like Mm -hmm. saying that they're getting radio transmissions they're hearing the radio now i my first few fillings were in the early mid 90s and so like there was still metal fillings they were using Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that it's the case but i can tell you that it is often jarring for me if i walk into a place Uh and a song is playing on the radio when I walk in, and it is literally at the same point that that song had started playing in my head, like when I was not anywhere near that building. And I get in, I open the door, and the song is at the exact same point, and I'm like, to me, I'm just hearing the song in my head. Like, it's just playing, because I can do that too. I can actually hear the music and everything and, like, almost listen to a song in my head if I have to, if I don't have. So... Uh I always thought it was just that, but it's there's a lot of times that I've walked in the room and it's the same song and it's at the same point and it was mm-hmm. random that the song started going in my head. I'm that's not saying wild. that Yeah, I'm not <laughs> saying that I'm actually doing that, but it's just a weird coincidence that's happened too many times in my life to not be something that throws me <laughs> off. No, it does seem very plausible that the electromagnetic waves going through the air can interact with the uh, bioelectric systems in your brain right. under the right circumstances. And if we could harness this power... I just binged at you guys, and it, it is it is something that what it did. They said that, that it's documented. Lucille Ball, apparently, it happened to her. I don't know if she was just saying it as a bit, but I do remember seeing the clip of, about her talking about getting these these uh, signals after her dental work. 
But from what I see, it may have happened, but it's going to be going down a lot because of the material that fillings are made out of, because now they're made out of a composite rather than metal. Right, yeah. They stopped using metal so much. It's not going to happen as much. So I guess, Harold, what type of fillings do you have? Again, from the uh, my my fillings were from the mid '90s, and I remember when I got my last uh, set of fillings, um, they had made the comment. They're like, "Ooh, we're gonna use these composite fillings instead of those metal ones," and they started using a composite filling at that point. Mm-hmm. So I know that in I have metal fillings in my mouth. I do have a few metal fillings in my mouth. Like, because those metal fillings, they come into contact with the nerves and, like, uh-huh. the electrons go through your nervous system. That's, yep. that's very interesting. Yeah. So, it's not an unheard of thing, and I don't know that it actually happens to me, but it's weird. Like mini antennas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A, a metallic filling in a tooth reacting just so with saliva can act as a semiconductor to detect the audio signal. The speaker in this case could be anything that vibrates enough within the mouth to produce noise, such as bridge work or maybe a loose filling. So there you go. Mm. Bob's my uncle. And I mean, if that's going on in your <laughs> mouth, you're going to hear it in your head because your bones in your ear are going to. I mean, yeah. Just and anyhow, it's, the, it's weird. Your ear bones are super duper sensitive. I mean, that's, right. They keep you upright. <laughs> Literally, so. uh, when we were watching Punisher Warzone, I thought it was a really sweet detail that they added to it. But at the end of the movie, when he's going through the building, there's a point where he stops and everything's really quiet and he opens his mouth a little bit. And when he opens his mouth, he can hear the guys whispering in the next room. That is an actual technique. That's an actual combat technique to loosen your jaw and open your mouth just a little bit because it opens up an area and it actually resonates more sound inside your head. That's awesome. Huh. I never yeah. noticed that. Do you think that's what Tucker Carlson's doing all the time? Maybe. Like he's, <laughs> he's got, well he's got that confused look on his face and his jaw is just kind of dropping. You think that's his thing? <laughs> he's Did trying to understand right? what's going on. <laughs> Did I hear that right? Let's say it uh, again, but now that I can hear better. But yeah, no, if you we, we'll watch Punisher Warzone again and I'll, I'll point out that part, but that's that's literally a military move. Combat move. I think it left last month. We'll have to check. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, anyways, right. yeah, yeah. He Dun- starts- Duncan gets it done to his brain to such a degree that he can uh, contact with uh, mental thoughts and interstellar and receive, send and receive transmissions through his own brain. Yeah, we find out that the teacher that's alien is Mrs. Carpo. How do you pronounce Ms. it? Ms. Carpo? Ms. Carpo. I would say Carpo, the home ec teacher. Yeah, and it's pretty it's pretty easy to figure that out right from the get because she burns her hand and she just she doesn't have a burn afterwards. It's she, yeah, she replaces it. And yep, it and turns that's, out that's why the the glove winds up in the dumpster. Yeah, that was Miss Carpoo's hand glove. And it dis- it dis- uh, disintegrates over time. But it turns out she was also there with Broxholm from the first one, but she got left behind because they you know they had had to leave so quickly. He ran like a ah, I'm running. <laughs> See yeah. you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peter got to go with him. I don't mean to go all the way back to the beginning. Well, Peter was the one who got him an escape. Peter was like, Broxholm, mm, come on. Yeah, yeah he helped so, him get out of the school, yeah. And then Broxholm melted the door, which Duncan mentions like five times in this book. He keeps on bringing up the fact that he melted that door shut. Um, but I don't mean to go all the way back to the beginning, but is is that true? I need to bing it. I didn't bing it. 
um, the purple ink that comes out of the uh, fire alarm. Oh yeah, I I'd heard that. I'd never seen it in action, but I I'd, I'd always heard of like fire alarms that squirt ink to mark the person pulling it. Yeah, right. I I feel that's a true thing because if a nope, person pulls it, it's a myth. It's a myth. Do fire alarms spray ink? Fire alarms do not spray ink. This idea is an old school myth. The myth existed to deter pranksters from setting off false fire alarms, which I thought was true. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, there are alarms that are made like that, but from what I can tell, they would just be too expensive for schools to be put in. Okay. That makes place. sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That explains there are, all of it. There just are real ones. There are real ones, but they're they're cost prohibitive. Well, yeah, yeah, taxpayer money can't can't spend money on kids. God forbid. Well, on top of that, you could ruin clothing and stuff like that, which people could come back on you for. If you were a person who was pulling the alarm for a real reason, now you got ink all over you because you tried to save everybody. Yeah, so I mean, I assume that maybe in some big places or whatever it might be worth it, but at school, probably not. It's like the chemical that changes the water. Deep blue when you pee in it. That doesn't mm-hmm. exist. That's right. not real. That's an Adam Sandler joke. Yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. Fire alarms didn't actually do that. We believed it, though. I believed it. Bruce Koval believed it. <laughs> Included <laughs> it in the story. Bruce Koval's a teacher. Important... <laughs> or Bruce Koval sp- helped spread the rumor. Probably. Yeah, yeah it's probably, that's what I would say. Yeah. Could be yeah. the reason that it got so rumor. commonplace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kids are reading that book and they're like, oh, shit, that's what happens, you know, so they don't do it. The big prank in my school was those fucking stink bombs that smell like rotten eggs. Mm. Oh, man, I swear, like once or twice a week, you'd have a day where you're walking down one hall and they would just smell like rotten eggs and you knew somebody fucking put a stink bomb out. I always wanted to get this thing. You put a battery in it and it lasted for two years and you could hide it somewhere. It was a little tiny battery, too. But every 30 seconds, it would go beep. I wanted to get it and hide it somewhere, but I never did. So, Harold, do you still think uh, that kid is an alien? Oh, I, I, there's still time yeah. for him to switch around. <laughs> there's still time for him to, to, to turn tail and show that he's actually to an reveal alien. that he's been an alien the whole time. Yep, it certainly isn't talking like Peter was an alien the whole time. Well, but he's come. Yeah, but I mean, isn't that what an alien the whole time would do? <laughs> they had to That's fix his eyes, do. so they gave him LASIK. So that's cool. They did mm-hmm. fix his eyesight a couple days in, as he was saying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fixed his eyesight. So now he doesn't have to wear those irritating glasses anymore to fake to be human. Another weird part. Well, not weird part, but now that his kid is gone, his Mr. Thompson is like super crazy oh, yeah. and weird. And he, he's like sitting driving home, around town in the middle of the night. Yeah. Listening to Cinderella. Uh, Listen to Cinderella. Oh, they have a song called uh, Don't Know What You Got Until It's Gone. <laughs> so he misses his son, so he just listens to that song. Yeah, that's over a reference and over. that's universally accessible. No, see, that's my weird reference of the of the evening. <laughs> or, or in, this, in this case, morning, because we're recording at 10 a.m. my time. <laughs> so I empathize with Peter's dad. I understand that he didn't give a shit about his kid when he wasn't there. And it is, don't get me wrong, his sudden worry, I think, stems from this idea of don't know what you got till it's gone. You're, you're yeah. that song, right? He didn't really think about it. Like his kid was a burden to him. And then he's like, holy shit, I don't have my kid. My kid's gone. And now I'm worried this human being that I'm supposed to be taking care of is gone, even if it's just that. 
I, I yeah, maybe he just doesn't want everyone to believe that he killed him and chopped him up and buried right. the pieces. It all could over just be that, but it also could be like that regret, like holy shit, this whole time I haven't. I neglected given a my shit. son, and now he's gone. Yeah, and now he's gone, and he's so I kind of empathize him with on that. I want to talk about uh, Mr. Dougal, um, <laughs> Duncan Dougal's dad, Harold. Harold Dougal. Oh my God! <laughs> this is just another example, another example in a long line of examples where an author is like, hmm, I need to pick a name that. Uh, we can easily make seem like a non-character <laughs> or oh, something shit. or whatever. Oh, he's getting started, Andy. He's getting started. Uh, oh, shit. And he picks... Good old, good old hen-packed Harold overhead. Oh, over man. It's always something. And, of course, this guy was eh, slightly abusive. He wasn't super abusive, but he was slightly abusive. Verbally abusive. It, he was very verbally sure. abusive. His, bro- his son was physically abusive. Patrick was physically abusive and stuff. Yeah, it was um, his big brother was the the big issue at home. Right, right. But I just I'm like, God damn it! Here's another a hole named Harold. <laughs> Obsessed with uh, Weekly World News equivalent. Yep. Oh man, yeah. He's all into all that goofy shit. I'm like, this is not representative. Right. I'm not even totally against the whole kind of an asshole part. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm like, you I'm good kind with that, of kind are of. an asshole sometimes. <laughs> I, I have the capacity to be an asshole, yes. So I, I'm not so much worried about that, but the the moron who's so sold on Weekly World News, and I mean, to the point where his son did an interview with, with the Sun newspaper because he knew that if his dad saw it, he might be proud of him since it's a tabloid. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> this is the tablet my dad reads, so if I get an interview in that paper, he'll be so proud of me. Oh, and I'd be burning and tabloids. And it fucking worked because the dad bought like 20 <laughs> copies. Yep. Mm-hmm. It didn't even matter what he said. Like He was, was just so thrilled that his son was on the paper that he loves to read. Yep. So yeah, Harold showed up in a book again, but of course it was less than uh, <laughs> desirable. We find out his name is Harold when his wife says, look, Harold, if you don't like it, you can clean the refrigerator yourself. Since last time I looked, you didn't have two broken arms, though you might if you don't watch out. Love it. That Love is such that woman. That is such a thing to say to a Harold, like treat them like a non-person. <laughs> <laughs> treat him like a non-person. Well, based on how this he character supposedly yeah. is, yeah, 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 yeah she yeah. probably, uh, she, yeah. yeah, she's probably saying that. But after years of arguing with him, <laughs> hey, listen, I don't know all that. All I know is when I read that line, I took personal offense to it. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> of course he's a Harold. Yeah, listen, Harold, and that's even how I read it, Harold, Harold. <laughs> yep, it's the uh, the the cuckolded henpecked. Maybe not cuckolded. Probably not. I don't know. No, that's the he's at least henpecked. <laughs> yeah, he's at least henpecked. He's a is the beta male. Yep, full on beta male. Uh, Trying to be alpha, husband as per the norm. Oh, Orville Plummer. That was another name that I was like, what? Where did he come Orville up with these names? Plummer. Orville Plummer. Like, man, he's just not afraid of names. School, I believe Orville Plummer was a kid in school, yes. Okay. Or he was a janitor. Who was Orville Plummer? <laughs> I forget now. Bang it <laughs> real quick. 
Orville Plummer. I don't know who he was in there. He's in chapter two, but yeah. He's in chapter two? Nobody took enough time to, to, to care enough about Orville Plummer to write anything about him, but I just thought that name, when I heard it multiple times, I'm like, man, that is like, I really appreciate Bruce Oh, Kogel's. yeah, he's just a, a bigger bully at school. Okay, bigger bully at the school, okay. Mm-hmm. It was a good name. I'll bet you he'll be a plumber someday in a later Bruce Colville book <laughs> when these are guys when they're all adults, right? Because he can't get the good grades, so he's got to take a trade. <laughs> My middle manager wears a skin suit. That's his next book. <laughs> Here's the thing: I used to work at a plumbing retailer. Plumbers, uh, if you're the owner, you're making bank. If you're union, you're making bank. If you're not one of those two, they're going to just exploit you for all that you're worth. So <laughs> try to you get into a union. <laughs> exploit you for all that you're worth is the typical employment status across yeah. the nation. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Yep. Try Until to get into your a union, union or an owner. Because yep. then you're making like $42 an hour plus, you know. For making the non-union uh, kids work. <laughs> yeah. Non-union's like, you know, minimum wage. <laughs> All you got to do if you want to succeed in life is become part of a niche group of people. That, and every every single person has to become a business owner. And if every single individual in America becomes a business owner, well, I'll be good. Oh, great. Oh, I hate that so much. It's like, hey, you yeah. don't like it. Start your own business. Start your own business. Everybody's got to be a business owner. And then we'll Everybody all be good. Everybody needs to be a CEO. Then we'll all be rich. Then we'll all be rich. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Oh, if only all of our parents had money to start a business with. Right. Oh. I'm not saying you can't start a business. I've got some ideas I'm thinking about right now, but I am saying mm-hmm. that it's not as simple as all that. Exactly. It's not that cut and dry. Not everybody's meant to be a business owner. No. Or a, a leader of some sort. Pure and simple. That's It's not as simple as all that, but it has nothing to do with this book either. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the fact that the guy's name is Plumber and Josh has worked at a plumbing place. Yeah. Orville Plumber. I sold plumbing and plumbing accessories. <laughs> <laughs> and we generally dislike the way things are working right now. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I mean, I thought that the whole concept of she was trying to... Making him smarter was a side effect of increasing his ability to become a radio. Well, it was mm-hmm. expanding his brain function in order right. to do that. His yes. brain wasn't able to pick up on those signals unless it was smart enough. Right. So that's why they did that. But I, the one little part, he was like, I solved cold fusion, but they're not going to believe me because I played a prank. It's like... Uh, <laughs> that's very interesting that that's your reasoning of why they're not going to believe you. Yeah, apparently so. it hasn't made you too smart. <laughs> if you could prove to a scientist that you've solved cold fusion, they're going to be more excited than not believing you. Yeah. He runs into this whole situation where like, he was the dumb kid until he was the smart kid and he still didn't get uh, the respect that he expected. I mean, it makes sense that it would be that way. Like, he wasn't allowed to turn a new leaf and uh, finally buckle down on his studies, for example, and know the answers to a test without being looked well, yeah, at funny. At without be- because yeah, at first. When you do, when that would, think about it. All of a sudden, the this kid that never got higher than a D, all of a sudden starts turning in, like, perfect papers and things like that. Wouldn't you be a little bit sus? Yeah. Yeah, the, the teacher suspected him of cheating until, right. like, he did a 
impromptu test right there and then, and it's, it still didn't make things much better for him. No, because then he, he could prove that he did it. Well, because he got uh, distracted. It wasn't necessarily that he couldn't do the answers. He was distracted and upset, and he... Right, he started getting distracted by the radio signals coming into his head yep. also. Yeah, it was disturbing his uh, his studies. So it was kind of like one step forward, two steps back for him. But it's helpful that he became smart because for the wrap-up, it basically turns out that Miss Carpu and Broxholm don't necessarily want to destroy the Earth or all the people on it. And now that Peter's with them, he's kind of, I don't know, selling it a little bit. Like, we shouldn't be doing, we shouldn't destroy the Earth, or you guys shouldn't. And so... Yeah, the situation is that, like, the Interplanetary Council or something is wondering what to do with the human race. Yeah, there are four options that are available. And so they can either blow up the Earth, kill everybody. Uh, They can take it over and enslave everybody. Enslave everybody, blockade the planet so that nothing can get in or out, I guess. And then the last is... What was the last one? Help the planet, maybe? Uh, No, I don't think it was. One group wants to take over the Earth. One group wants to leave us on our own. One group wants to blow the planet to smithereens. And one group wants to set up a blockade. There you go. Okay, so just leave us alone. So just le- let us uh, advance on our own. And, I don't know about like, that one. Find, find them when <laughs> we find them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. There's See, a, so yeah, none, yeah, none a, of it is like help us advance. Yeah, because right. they they look at what humans do to each other, all the the war and chaos and everything. And I was just about uh, to bring that part up. Yeah, they see we are not ready for that. Well, they or they, they, they said, believe we're not ready for that. They just said that we're they don't we're the weirdest species they've ever seen because we have enough food, but we let people starve. We have uh we have all these wars and they're like we've never we when we advanced we didn't have war after a certain point so we don't know why you guys are still killing each other over this and mm. i mean it, it, i was reading it i was like yep already it, i mean <laughs> i yeah it's it, a it, very it points out all the fallacies of, of why i'm so angry with this country and i was like yeah these are all valid points, and he, you know it, it makes no sense. So, my viewpoint on this will always be that relatively human civilization is young, okay, uh-huh. and comparably today versus five hundred years ago, things are much better. However, we're far less violent. Yeah, we are far less violent. War is at an all time low, even though it seems otherwise, because we're constantly hearing about small conflicts or I mean, even if you think about it compared to something like World War Two or Vietnam or the Korean War, the war that just lasted for so long had a lot less people in it, a lot Mm. less people than World War Two, where you're talking millions of people were fucking fighting each other. Mm -hmm. You know, this is few thousand tens of thousands fighting each other i know at some points there were only like five thousand military troops from the u.s over in different parts you know what i mean like so that's not a lot of people in comparison so things are progressing but i like the idea of leave us alone it reminds me of star trek's prime directive um which they constantly break they do they do <laughs> yes but the the prime directive is 
The prime directive is not intended to, like so if someone else is breaking the prime their prime directive, let's say some civilization that's way stronger is going after a shit civilization or they crash onto a planet. You know, yeah, sometimes they do break that prime directive, but they do a pretty good job throughout generations at least of not breaking it because they make a big deal about the prime directive. But that's what it seems like to me, but their leave us alone would be following that prime directive. Their other options are all interfere with the society. And they can say that when we were at your point, you know, we could make that that argument from an alien race that doesn't exist. We can say, oh, when we were at your point, we didn't have anyone that starved and we didn't have war. But to me, I have a less pessimistic view about it. I feel like it's going to keep declining as long as we can get through this period right now where, you know, the the royalty is trying to get us back to the feudalism part. You know, (laughs) (laughs) if we can get past this. I think that we can continue to advance and things are going to continue to be more helpful as time goes on. And I see more people today talking about how audacious it is that there are starving people in the world than I see people going, fuck them. And if anything, the people that are going, fuck them, everybody's pointing them out now and going, you're a shit human being. So I feel like we're starting to roll in the right direction. And we have been rolling in the right direction. It's just hard to see because we only live maybe 100 years. So you don't see that change in your lifetime. But I know that I'm glad I'm living in 2022 as compared to 1922. Oh, God, yes. Mm -hmm. Everybody smells so bad back then. On (laughs) every level. The crime rate, the death rate, the war rate, the money, everything is better right now than it was 100 years ago. But it's not good enough yet. Right. We do have those problems of where is our future taking us and how living in the past is keeping us from progressing. Yes. Wanting to cling to those traditions and uh, the way that we are used to doing things, not wanting to to change to address the upcoming uh, problems that we've created for ourselves. That's a a big issue uh, in this point in history. And it's funny because this book, I mean, from a child's perspective, it's very exciting. It's very fun. It's, you know, moving forward. But like when you get to this question at the end of the book, this is a very, I mean, this is a question that kind of perseveres throughout communication between people in general. Like I, it's not abnormal to have five people in a room or four people in a room and two of them think that, you know, hey, if we keep working towards this goal and we keep trying hard and we keep helping people, things will get better. And then the other side is, nope. Human beings are a lost cause and we might as well just get wiped off the planet because fuck it. And I prefer to be on the other side of that. The other side where I'm like, no, we have a capability that other creatures on this planet doesn't don't have. It's up to us to recognize it and do something with it. Right. And I'm the cynical one in the room saying like, yep, people will never get to that point. They're too selfish. And so it's all just going to burn because of your your own limited experience relative to human existence as a whole sure let's is go what with i that. would say is what i would say <laughs> so but regardless it is an interesting question for them to pose and i like that it kind of puts you on this idea like i obviously go with leave us alone leave us alone let us figure it out eventually we'll contact you one day clearly you guys don't need us yep we'll contact you uh i'll uh, ender and uh you know? Yep, he'll come to your <laughs> so planet and genocide the, you. Yeah, genocide. <laughs> so that's that's why I say the blockade's not going to work. <laughs> Leaving us alone isn't going to work. <laughs> Just completely isolate us from the rest of the galaxy. 
I mean, they could play it out ourselves. They could keep an eye on us. And if we start getting to a point where we seem to be getting all riled up about aliens and we want to go blow them up, they could be like, all right, we left you alone. Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, they have the capability. So I don't think the decision has to be made in 1991. Yeah. I mean, technically, Mm -hmm. all they'd have to do is uh, send a... An asteroid full of mem- minerals at at the Earth, and then we just won't stop it. Because I guess if you guys have watched, uh, don't look up. That would make more sense. <laughs> but I've heard about don't, don't look, look up, up, and I've heard about all the political commentary from it, like the asteroids coming at us, and like even though they know the world is going to end, people are still trying to benefit just themselves. Is yep. what I've heard is basically what it is. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I will say Leo has a perfect Michigan accent. Oh, my God. It's, it's undeniable. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really good. I was like, yes, that is. Thank you, a Leo. Good actor. Yeah, he definitely is a great actor. So so at the end of the book, we have the the super team of uh, Duncan Dougal, uh, Peter Thompson, Susan uh Simmons? I forget her last name. Simmons? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, Susan, Susan, Susan manages to B&E her way into the end of the book. Of course she <laughs> after, does. After not appearing for most of it, like Duncan is being held in a force field by Kreblum, the, the real name of uh, Miss Carpoo. Um, and she B&Es her way into uh, to find Duncan, and then they get contacted by Peter, and um, they're all they're all joining Brock's home, and they're going to plead their case for Earth uh, in I think it's book four. The next book in the series, I believe, gives us Peter's side of things as he's been um, up in outer space, which is the vaguest of vague <laughs> locations to give. Like they don't even name any like planets that he could be on. Like, nope, I'm in outer space. Maybe he's on a but ship and they're just floating around the planet. It could be. We may, we'll find out in the third book. Uh, My teacher glows in the dark. Nice. Which I already have. Thanks, local little library. Which you right? already have. And I'll tell you what. I wanna. I definitely would like to eventually look into uh to that Jeremy Thatcher Dragon Hatcher. I like Bruce Coville. Man, I almost wanna like make it a goal to see if we can get like even a 10 minute question and answer with them about some of this stuff. Oh, I would love yeah. to. Yeah. I would love oh, to. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds he like he's right would, up he our alley. Fun, he'd be a fun get, I think. Mm-hmm. Cause he's uh, clearly sneaking these big questions into uh, small people's books. Yeah. Right. And it just so happens that some big people have been reading them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That would be interesting to to pick his brains on that without frying them. Hopefully we don't fry them. I mean, if he's got a brain fryer, I would, and it works, I would definitely use it. I thought that when I was reading it, I'm like, I'm already, like, I know <laughs> yeah, I, I can grasp I took a shot of that. Why not? Do you imagine the edge just a little bit more would give you? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. if it, well, I wouldn't like the radio signals, but if it cleared shit up. Like, yeah, I wouldn't focus. like hearing without my consent or without my control uh, transmissions coming into my head. But yep. being able to use my thoughts more clearly, retaining more knowledge, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Especially now with this brain frog, brain frog, brain fog that I've been getting with, oh, uh, yeah. with your COVID. With oh, COVID. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the worst. I had brain fog with one other sickness, and people don't understand what brain fog is until they have it. Oh, yeah. It's it's not good. It's so... Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, what? You're <laughs> yeah. trying like, to... Like, I may not be contagious anymore, like, come tomorrow or Tuesday or whatever, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to focus on my work. <laughs> right. 
No, Today is better than yesterday, so I think it's going to get better. But right, yeah, That's it's good. not a great feeling. I wound up uh, sleeping most of yesterday, so yep. yeah, COVID. If you haven't caught it, don't, don't <laughs> get yeah. your boosters, kids, get your, and get your kids boosted. I get, get my booster vaxxed. Friday, so good deal. Yeah, when this is said and done, I'm going to take Xander to get vaccinated and re-upped, and I'm going to get boosted, and I don't want this again. Nope. Nah. Let's let's kick it the fuck out. Like, yeah. let's be smart, and let's kick it out. Get out of here, COVID. You're get not out of here, this, COVID. You're not allowed this podcast. <laughs> yeah. You, leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me play my piccolo at you. <laughs> yeah, where's your slide whistle? We'll slide whistle it out of here. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's displaced right now. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Speak. Well, you're going to have to get it for next week. Yeah. Oh, shit. I'll figure it out. I'll find it. Because <laughs> it's here. Oh, the man. The time has come. Next week. Choose your own adventure. Rescue of the unicorn. Yeah. Rescue of the unicorn. I am excited. When With this book, my, my final thoughts on this book... Um, I read it and it felt to me like season two of a television show that I was watching that was already renewed for a third and fourth season. So hmm, definitely like the setting first, up further. Yeah. yeah. Like you could tell like, yeah, this was good. And it definitely gave a side of the story that is compelling, interesting, fun to read. And I, I really, I did enjoy it, but yeah, you could, you're like, okay, th- there's definitely a cliffhanger here. They, they wrapped up some mm-hmm. things, but there, there's definitely more to come. And so I liked how they set it up. So wait, like this would be the time to describe it as my teacher fried my brains is empire. It's empire strikes back, right? Like that's the point of that story, right? Is that empire strikes back is a bridge movie. It starts in the middle of something, it ends in the middle of something, and there was always going to be a third movie. I believe that that's what that statement means when someone makes that comparison. But this is not nearly as good as Empire. <laughs> Empire Bro, is so good. No one said no one said it needs to be good, and you think Empire is good, but I believe that Empire being good is a minority claim. I don't think so. I, I mean, so. Empire Strikes Back gets that reputation because of the things it does with the characters, like the whole cast of characters advancing their stories. We didn't really get that with My Teacher Fried My Brains. Yeah, like, exactly. Susan was a non-entity, really. Okay. I and, guess I always like, took Empire, that statement, as being like a bridge between two. Like, to finish out a story, there's this bridge that never mm. really, it starts in the middle of something. It never really at the end of Empire, it's like, well, we lost Han. This is going on. That's, well, fuck. Everything's screwed. Yeah. I've That's always taken, Empire- like, calling something an Empire Strikes Back, meaning to be, like, a really good continuation of, the sto- like, a story. Oh. Uh, where it does... It takes the characters to new places, and I guess that's not uh, the way I'd have to. I'd have to look at the things where I saw them say that and try to see it that way. Because I always thought that the reason they were saying that was because the thing they were describing wasn't as good as the original. No, it's actually widely considered to be the best of the Star Wars trilogy. So this is an empire, then. Okay, I used it wrong, and now I know. <laughs> now I understand that completely different, and I'm going to watch those things again with a different perspective. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Because to be to be perfectly honest, I disliked Empire the most of all the Star Wars movies before the sequels. Really? Because <laughs> you're a yeah. rebel. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
if anything, this is the two towers of the series because that was the, hey, let's get to Return of the King after we kick it off in Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, but you have to go from something good to something bad to something good for that to be a yeah. I didn't you fall can't asleep during the towers. I fell asleep you during the fellowship. You can't just have three <laughs> bad things. You can't put three <laughs> bad things together and go, well, this middle one was no good. Well, your taste is suspect <laughs> now. You told us you hate Empire Strikes Back, so I don't know what to I didn't say of. I hate it. I said <laughs> I that it's my that. least favorite. You thought it was the favorite. worst. It was your least favorite. It's my least favorite. Man, I've never heard that, that Empire mm. was the least favorite of uh, the original trilogy. I'm concerned that the reason Empire is my least favorite is because somebody a long time ago told me that description of Empire, that it's just a bridge movie, that mm. I, from then on, just didn't give a shit about it anymore, because I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It really didn't do anything, <laughs> and I've watched it, but it just never really caught me like that. Now I'm afraid that my perspective was skewed you mean, by someone else's dropping opinion. the bomb that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father didn't do anything. Yeah, see, no, I haven't watched it long. It's been a long time since I saw it because it's like, damn, man, I haven't watched Empire in so long because, yeah. Yeah, I literally watch just Empire on Star Wars Day. I don't usually do the whole trilogy. I just watch Empire because it's my favorite one. See, I would watch Return or uh, Revenge of the Sith on Star Wars Day because that's my favorite of the Star Wars movies. I might rewatch that one this year because it's been a minute. And I'll just watch the cool fight scenes from episode two because that's all I like. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just turn on the Darth Maul fight scene just because I just want to watch that. Like, And actually on YouTube, there is a cut where they cut out all the in-between scenes and it just keeps, it just like follows it as one solid fight between. Mm. <laughs> I like the cut where they make all the lightsaber sounds, make Owen Wilson say, wow. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that one yet, but it sounds great. Yeah, it's pretty wow. good. Wow, yeah. wow, 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 wow. Well, we've devolved into Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> speaking of nobody's favorite things, join us next week for Choose Your Own Adventure. Yay! <laughs> this is going to be good, though. Rescue of the Unicorn next oh, week. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I've been working on voices. <laughs> All right. Excellent. So, do you recommend this book? Yeah, because I think that you should. I recommend uh, the series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I do. I recommend too. the series. I think it's really good. I like how he continued it. We'll see what the next one's like. I have a feeling it's going to follow the same process which is good because i like bruce coville's style i agree yeah i i almost i almost went ahead and started reading it because i was like oh damn you cliffhanger i need to keep going but i was like it's gonna be another person's story so it's fine oh yeah Mm -hmm. might be peter thompson's story in the next one telling us about how he's been an alien the whole time Mm, (laughs) nope (laughs) you you just keep holding on to that hope you keep holding on to that uh that, Listen, that. <laughs> it is a possibility until the day that Bruce Colville steps off this mortal coil. So <laughs> was there a was there an alternate theme to this book? Was there an underlying God, I really didn't sur- I didn't really notice any B stories in this one. It was pretty straightforward, <laughs> like driving home to I was a little concerned about. Oh, we forgot all about the slug Poot. We I was going to say that's that. what the B story poot. is, dude. Yeah. It's Poot. <laughs> yeah, but Poot is Poot's a, the B story. Poot's straight up there. But I guess the fact that the fridge was it the fridge in the home ec that had a bunch of dismembered body parts, like animal body parts in it, like it wasn't even food in the fridge. Well, it, uh, I thought it was the the a, science. Yeah, it's a chemical it a science brick, fridge. Fridge, so okay. it would have just 
weird stuff. Because there was like, it. with the home economics to the fridge, like really quick in a few couple pages. And I was like, yeah, oh. something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It may have also been the science fridge holding like the dissection animals or whatever. Or maybe they were using the home ec fridge for the science because of the science. Anyways, it was something like but that. But just bringing up Putin, the Tupperware uh, reminded me that there was this little paragraph of uh, ransplaining of what Tupperware is, or this is called burping, burping. the Tupperware. Burping oh, yeah. the Tupperware. <laughs> Explained yep. burping Tupperware. Yep. But anyways. Yeah, no real B stories in this one. If there was a B story, I'd say it's um, the Peter dad trying to uh, clear his name f- uh, for murdering his son well that's the thing it's they never say he was he, they just said he ran away and he's like no he's he, he wasn't he was taken he was kidnapped and they're like second. no he Wait just ran away but that's it's, what a murderer would say hold on this is bruce colville this book was clearly a good continuation from the last book it is obvious that the b story doesn't need to be a new b story Peter's a fucking alien, and he's been hiding it the whole time. So B story's already set for this book. That's why I wasn't looking for one, because I've already sold on that one. <laughs> there is a slight minor B story about how uh, Duncan has a crush on Susie, but it's only brought up a couple times. And doesn't it not come up until he starts getting smarter? No, he he thought that earlier. He thought, he thought that earlier, but he was more eloquent about it. He's like, oh, but yeah. I don't want her to know. So he was yep. being, he was, mm. you know, he became mm. a nerd yep. about it. <laughs> you think but Duncan again, and Susan? You, you guys, think Duncan and Susan are going to wind up together? Maybe doubtful. Maybe if you stay smart. You guys are missing the point of the B story. You guys are always finding B stories that are right in your face, <laughs> like that. That's- <laughs> That's not a B story. That's part of the story. The B story is hidden in between the lines. <laughs> but I don't think the whole Peter Thompson dad trying to clear his name of murder is right in your face. I think it's in the context in between the lines. He's suddenly worrying about it and constantly going around like, I didn't do nothing to my boy. <laughs> yeah, he was He was a non he was a non-father. He was just completely negligent. And now the whole town is eyeballing him, saying, oh, where's your boy, huh? Uh, I don't know. It's an A-minus story at best. <laughs> A-minus story. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, let's finally bring it yep. home again. Rescue the unicorn next week. <laughs> I will be your narrator. And the slide whistle slide should whistle. make a return. Absolutely. Excellent. Okay. Looking forward to... To that and making some poor life decisions like getting a tattoo uh, <laughs> which we no, also did that was not a poor life decision josh and i have officially marked ourselves yes <laughs> we andy, both have the same tattoo andy not getting it i do not mark myself he One. wouldn't even show up to watch yeah listen i wasn't invited we I invited him an hour after we got there and he never <laughs> he invited me an hour after you arrived that's right and realistically, I didn't invite you. I just said you should have known. Yeah. <laughs> I should have known I was welcome to come. Yep. To, I don't even know what shop you went to. A tattoo so shop in Bay City. A, ta- a tattoo shop in Bay yeah, City. Yeah, we were at one. The only one that had an opening that day. Yeah, that was the only one with openings. <laughs> you, can't, you can't even say which one? No, it was New Heritage Tattoo, actually. And we were really happy with our, our tattoos at the end of it. We actually left a few bookmarks there. Yep. Cool. Uh, it's so. on Euclid Avenue in Bay City. And uh, we were both happy with our experience. And Yeah. Can't remember the guy's name. He looked like uh, Metal like yeah. Santa. Damn it. I forgot his name, too. And that makes me feel terrible. But yeah, he looked like a Metal Santa. He was definitely a biker dude. Yep. And, it and the was... intern was very helpful as well. She was Yes, great. she was. So. Awesome. Well, yep. there's your ad. So money, please. Yep. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> Free touch-ups, please. <laughs> <laughs> so until next week, uh, support your local libraries and independent booksellers. Give a shit, read some lit. Have a good one. Thanks, everyone. This has been Reliterated, a production of the Chocolate Milk Friends. If you enjoy our show, please consider giving us support by subscribing, recommending us to your book-reading, podcast-listening, 90s nostalgia enthusiast friends, and rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and Audible Podcasts. Those go a long way towards getting us in the ears of new listeners. And don't forget to engage with us on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube. You'll find us at Reliterated on all those sites. Or send us an email at reliterated at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I think I like have a good one better than anything I've said so far. We'll keep Have it. a good what, though? Have a good what? It doesn't matter. It's up to you to decide. <laughs> have a good Ooh. whatever you want. I'm not trying to force myself on other people, Andy. Have a good, have a good jerk. Have a good, <laughs> uh, have a good falcon fuck. I don't know. Ha- have a good cup of coffee. I would never begrudge somebody a good jerk or falcon fuck. But I would say the falcon fuck, make sure you're doing it out in the woods and no one knows about it because that is not legal. <laughs> That's falcon. true. Falcon. Fuck. <laughs> Talk about motherfucking Falco and shit. <laughs> Captain Falcon. There's a reason they call me Captain Falcon. <laughs> yeah, Captain Falcon. Woo! <laughs> Javalia coffee. Oh, Javalia. Yeah, I was going to say, Jared Dully is a chocolate company. <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever. I, they, have a, I saw. they have very good uh, hot chocolate and chocolate squares. I believe you can get them at your local chocolate retailer. Chocolate squares. Is that how Californians pronounce squares? I don't know. Squares. Squares. <laughs> Gotta have that vocal fry in there. Squares. We're, we're guards. We're going to the coffee shop and get some coffee and squares. <laughs> And there's some avocado toast. Uh, yeah. Some squares. <laughs> I want an avocado toast, and I want a latte, and some Gardalia squares. <laughs> Give me some squares. <laughs> <laughs> then a Michigander comes in visiting and is like, I'll have a Fago, eh? <laughs> oh, hey there, bud. <laughs> you got any rock and rye? Oh, God. I forgot to get rock and rye to remember why I didn't like rock and rye as a child.